Hello, and welcome back to the Everything Went Black podcast. Thanks for hanging in there during the brief hiatus. It kind of took a minute to figure out how I was going to approach things. I've been putting a lot of work in over at Metal Matters, and I didn't want to duplicate my efforts and uh, sort of compete against myself by uh, focusing on music with uh, EWB. So for this week, we have Tony Bellis, co-founder of Kings County Brewers Collective and lifelong metalhead. Tony and KCBC are behind the recent Tombs Savage Gold Coffee Lager that was unleashed at this year's Decibel Metal and Beer Festival. Hopefully some of you guys are out there and enjoyed it. Tony discusses the beginnings of one of Brooklyn's coolest breweries and how his love for extreme music plays into the mission statement of Kings County Brewers Collective. You can follow me on Instagram at Michael underscore DC underscore Hill. Find me on Facebook, Michael Hill. And that's pretty much the extent of my social media. I don't really get into Twitter. You know, I have a Twitter account, but I don't really use it that often. And also, if you dig the show, leave us a rating on iTunes. You're not originally from here, are you? No, I'm from Minneapolis. What brought you to New York? Um, I was bored. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, that was my story. I was like mid-20s. I just didn't know what was happening, and I I was just bored with Minneapolis, and I'd I'd come out to New York on a trip and kind of fell in love with it and then literally kind of moved here on a a drunken bet, you know, talking with some friends one night and everybody, you know, just bringing up that they'd love to move to New York. and, And the next morning over brunch, everybody was like, were you serious about that? And I think I think none of us had the guts to say that we weren't serious, and so we literally like I think I went and gave notice to my job two weeks later and moved here about four months after that. So that was two thousand one. Two thousand. Oh, so you've been yeah. here for quite a while. Yeah, then. yeah. Now, were you working in the beer industry back then before you moved out here? No, I was working in coffee. I worked for the the, the behemoth of Starbucks coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, I was working for them in college, and then I kept uh, I was doing some different managerial roles like after college. I really I, I loved coffee, and I actually like had no intent on getting into that. I studied finance and economics, and and had this business mind. But you know, I was really just a guy that was in love with beer and music and cooking and <laughs> all this other stuff. I just didn't didn't really know what that outlet was, and so. Um, yeah, I was into coffee and kind of around the same time really started getting into into beer and craft beer. But they're just, you know, I never saw that it was going to be a profession. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that you're into coffee, you know, first, because uh, in the last few years, similar to the late 90s, you know, in the sort of like craft coffee, boutique coffee shop culture rose, it seems like beer has sort of taken that um, a cue from that industry and has expanded into having, you know, very specific, you know, flavor profiles and really um, catering to people who are into taste and quality. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think when I when I started working in coffee, actually one of the first things I had um, was a beer made with coffee right after I started working there. They'd done this collaboration with Red Hook Brewery, which I think was a Seattle-based brewery at the time, and it was Seattle Coffee Company, and they made this, like, coffee, you know, coffee stout or coffee porter or something like that. And, um, uh, 
Yeah, and it's you know it's it's very similar. Just you know the the way you taste it and talk about it, and um, and I think the industries have really collided. And yeah, in a certain way, I think they've sort of been on this like you know this this parallel um, you know since the '80s of people saying you know I'm tired of drinking you know crappy stale coffee and I'm tired of drinking you know mass-produced light lager and I think you know you had you had creative taste makers that were you know in each of those industries sort of trying to take things to a higher quality level so yeah definitely I think they've influenced each other and really have been on you know parallel paths uh, you know over the last couple of decades for those of you out there who are unaware King can for those of you out there who are unaware, Kings County Brewers Collective are the producers of the Tombs Necro Alchemy uh, beer that everyone seemed to be enjoying over at the Decibel Beer and Metal Festival. Yeah, I'm drinking one right now. You're drinking one right now. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and um, that was made with uh, infused flavor from Savage Gold Coffee, which is, you know, I've, you, most, most of you will know is my coffee brand. And... Um, so what, you know, what we talk about beer and coffee and coffee beer. Yeah. So what was the, the, the concept? Because you guys made this a little bit differently, I think, than most other people would make a beer, a coffee beer out of. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the concept, I mean, I, honestly, I got the concept uh, on a trip around the holidays last year. I went and visited my family in Minnesota and... Um, there's all these breweries in the Midwest making these coffee lagers and coffee colches and these um, light-colored beers with coffee in them. Which, um, you know, coffee and beer, coffee and beer are no strangers to each other. But it's usually putting coffee in a dark-colored roasty beer, like right. a porter or a stout or something. Um, and I had beer from a couple different breweries that, that, that were fantastic. And I remember coming back here, going, "God, we should do that this summer." Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the concept, you know, the idea really came up uh, when Decibel Fest came up and then, you know, Tombs was put on the bill and I was like, oh, God, this is this is meant to happen. I should hit Mike up and uh, see if we want to do a do a collab with, you know, band coffee brewery, the whole thing. So, um, yeah, I think it was kind of destined to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I haven't, historically, I haven't been much of a beer drinker throughout most of my life. But recently, and maybe because of places like KCBC, uh, I've started to really appreciate uh, the finer points of beer, you know. So, you know, I, and the other thing, too, was like, at first I was like, oh, another one of these, like, coffee stouts that are going to be coming out that... I probably won't like because I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah. really into like the heavy coffee, heavy beers like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was really intrigued by the idea of doing it the way you guys did it. Yeah, I think this turned out really cool. I mean, it's you know, in it at its at its basic level, it's really just a it's a it's a pilsner, um, you know, that we brewed with you know light colored colored pilsner malts, uh, cold cold fermented. Um, you know, and then at the tail end of it, what we did was we, we took whole coffee beans. We didn't even grind them, um, you know, to give it a smoother flavor. And, um, and uh, you know, infused that in the beer, um, which gave it just like a really light, subtle uh, coffee note. And, uh, you know, so you really still have the, like the drinkability of this, you know, awesome Pilsner um, that's, you know, you can have a couple of, and it's got a really subtle coffee note, you know, and um, we had a lot of people, especially like at the Decibel Fest that, you know, commented on the fact that, um, 
you know, they didn't think they would like a coffee beer, but they really liked it. Yeah, because the coffee comes in more on the finish, I think. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, yeah. you don't even smell it a lot. Like, it's got a little bit on the nose. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it's on the finish. It's almost, you know, it's kind of like drinking a cup of coffee after you swallow it, then you taste it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's because, that's you know, in the past I've tried to drink these, like, coffee, you know, stouts, and it's like this, you know, dark, obvious thing. You know right. what I mean? And this is definitely more subtle. Right. In the past, though, you've done other... I mean, this isn't, Tombs is not the only band that you've done a, a beer collab with. No, we've done it with a couple. Um, I mean, it really came from just, you know, you know, we're, we're just, you know, a lot of us in the brewery are metalheads and it's, you know, music that we're listening to all day. And, um, you know, I think early on we thought it'd be cool to do collaborations with bands. Just, I think it's two creative forces coming together. I mean, I think our worlds really collide just in creativity. It's, you know, people who, you know, have interesting things that they want to get out there and let people try, whether it's music or beer or cooking or whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, we've uh, did a did a beer with uh, Gate Creeper mm-hmm. um, right. last year, and then uh, Behemoth as well, um, which we've been uh, we've done that beer a couple of times now. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's been fun and just trying to find people that you know are interested in 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 beer and and just you know talking about you know doing something creative and then you know combining our forces and you know it's a you know the the fun thing about it has just been also just kind of cross-pollinating our audiences you know there's a lot of people out there that are you know into craft beer that are also really into music and and craft beer and metal definitely um cross paths and then and then vice versa you know people are out seeing bands and they're drinking beers and um but we're not necessarily aware of each other's thing that's going on you know we've got kcbc fans that might not uh you know might you know might be into metal and heavy music but might not know tombs or gay creeper or behemoth or whoever mm-hmm. we're working yeah. with and and by drinking the beer they go check the band out and vice versa you know you might have fans of yours that have no idea who we are and then they're like oh well you know you know if mike and tombs are you know doing this beer with these guys we should check out this brewery you know so i mean for us the the biggest thing has just been like fun kind of doing creative projects with other people that are not in the beer world one of the coolest know? things was seeing a friend of mine sent me a photograph of tombs necro alchemy beer in whole foods <laughs> yeah and i was like wow that's, that's like a trip some right worlds colliding right there <laughs> not like and i love i you know i actually i don't shop at whole foods because <laughs> i feel like uh, this incredible sense of uh, violent reactions when I go in there. So I choose not to go to Whole Foods, but, <laughs> you know, I buy my organic vegetables at a local place. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm like, wow, this is like a real behind enemy lines kind of vibe. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a like, trip, right? Yeah, it is a trip seeing it out there <laughs> in uh, Whole Foods. We have that We have that happen sometimes with our beer, too. You know, you end up in places that you're just like, oh, my God, I never would have suspected that my beer would be on that shelf. Um, but... You know, but, you know, it gets in the hands of uh, people who are interested. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess the 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 music world example would have been back in the day when you had CDs on the shelf in Best Buy, right? Yeah. Versus the independent record store. You That's know? a good and analogy, like, actually. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, well, you know, it's not not exactly the, the spot that I want to go and, you know, shop for records, but uh, it's better than people not being able to get it, you know, so. The, the next move is to have the KCBC band-related beers with a download card of the new album. That would be where, where <laughs> oh, the next would be, move, man. That would, be, that would be a really cool... We've talked about that, um, doing cool little secrets 
things with yeah. labels where like if you peel the label off there's something behind download cards a cool idea yeah you can even have, just, have a have a have a you know a download for a single or something yeah like All that right. little scan thing that's on there, that little weird Rorschach pattern that they have, and you so can scan that, and then you get a record or a sounds like the, It sounds like the collab for the next Tombs album coming out. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, actually, before I forget, um, all right, working with a guy like me, yeah. you, you, you can just walk up to me and, and ask me stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm around. So uh, how do you uh, work out the, the behemoth thing? Because I, I, I know Nurgle, but, but he's also sometimes not – the easiest guy to get in touch with, you know, sometimes you have to get in, get through different layers of people to talk to him about the, yeah. uh, the beer. Yeah. That was a, I mean, that was a cool one that again, yeah, I didn't, you know, that, that seems so untouchable, but um, yeah, that was kind of meeting some of the people uh, through their management team who are here in Brooklyn and, you know, connected via some friends, uh, you know, from St. Vitus bar. And they're like, Hey, you guys should meet, you guys are in the same music and you guys are managing bands and, um, and we, you know, talked about the idea of collaborating on, you know, some band beer. And I knew there was a new Behemoth album coming out, so I'd thrown it out. I was just like, you know, this is one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Uh, you think this could happen? Like, I know Nurgle's into, I know he's a wine guy. And yep. I know he's, you know, um, into doing cool things that are, you know, tangent to music, you know, that are, you know, um, you know, think beer is something that he'd be into doing. And um, so they hit him up and he was he was into the idea and they were like hey he's gonna you know he's gonna be in town for this you know album release party and um you should come and you guys should talk you know so it literally you know the the, the deal was sort of signed with um we we sat there in this uh this giant dining room with nobody in it and um you know had a had a conversation about beer and wine and what kind of what kind of beer he liked drinking and and it was really kind of a handshake deal he was like this sounds really cool this is like you know small local artisanal you know uh craft brewery working with you know a band that's also really niche you know um and both sort of you know trying to be the best at their game and um yeah we hashed out some ideas and we did it it was actually sort of um a lot easier and uh, more simple and straightforward than I thought it would be, you know. It really, you know, it came down to like, any, it was, you know, really ended up coming down to like nothing, something that wasn't much different than you and I talking about yeah. like, hey, here's a cool idea. What do you think? And there was another creative person going, yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do it. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, uh, it was kind of the same thing when we did that with Gate Creeper. Like I hit them up and, um, yeah, very simple, you know. I think that's the cool thing about both of our worlds is they are really similar. I think it's I think it's creative people trying to do cool things and and sometimes you know it's like let's not complicate it. Let's just let's just do do cool things because they're cool. You know. Yeah, yeah, and just also uh, just the the con- the idea like the the science behind creating beer. Yeah, that it is this sort of arcane alchemical thing that happens with like t- you know the technical end of thermodynamics and <laughs> yeah. there's also the uh you know the the creative side of that which is like what flavors and flavor profiles and the type of like ingredients that you use and that that's always been something that's you know very interested interesting to me yeah you know, it's, that's initially why i you know got into doing coffee you know branding and stuff like that yeah. too, because it's all you know what part of the world the, co- the bean comes from like what altitude it's harvested at like yeah. the water the moisture content in the bean how it's roasted is it dry roasted i mean is it um is it mechanically uh you know uh 
you know, is it wet or dry uh, right. roasting and that sort of thing. And um, and similar with the beer, you know, the beer industry, it's like you know, part engineering, part alchemy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 combining all those forces. You know, it's like you know, it's like you sort of the equivalent of you going into the studio and being like, all right, well, what 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 amps? You know, I've got I've got this guitar I want to play through. Uh, I got three different uh, amps here. What do I want the tone to be? <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's, exactly. it's the same thing with beer. It's like, okay, we're gonna make a pilsner. Um, I have these three different pilsner malts I really love, but they're all they're all you know slightly different. Um, which one are, you know? Which one should we use on this specific beer? You know, um, and there's all these little nuances that you know. Um, it's why you can have you know thousands of breweries around the world that are all essentially using the same handful of ingredients. There's mm-hmm. not a ton of ingredients, you know, and yeah. um, and there's not a lot of variation really in the way we do it. But those those little intricate things that you change um, make these beers really different. You know, it's like there's only so many chords in the world, oh, you know, 12 notes. Every, everybody, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's using the same ones. And it's what combination, of, you know, what, what, what take on a black Sabbath riff are you, uh, are you, uh, gonna, are you going to do on this record? So it's like, you know, we all just, uh, get influenced by each other and, uh, you know, do our own take on it. And the other thing that struck me too, is the, the artwork, um, you know, for the for the band stuff, the bands, you know, like we provided some artwork. I'm sure Bikinith yeah. and Gate Creeper gave you guys some artwork yeah. files. But all the other types of beers that you have have these like really wild layouts. So <laughs> yeah. you have an, do you have an in-house guy that does all that stuff? We do, yeah. His name's Earl Holloway, um, and he was a friend um, of my uh, – one of my my the Kings County Brewers collectors, myself, uh, my partners uh, Pete Lengel and Zach Kinney, um, we'd kind of met. Um, we were all looking to open breweries of our own and combined forces and started this up together. And um, when we were first opening and talking about canning beer, we knew we wanted something that was uh, you know uh, uh, some sort of an illustrator that was that was doing the labels. And we started looking around at a bunch of different local people and people. We knew, and Pete threw out this friend of his, and it was like, "Hey, you should check out my friend's my friend's artwork." I always thought it was cool, and he pulled it out, and it was um, it was this sketch of a zombie nice. on the on the beach, um, and I don't know if he titled it "Beach Zombie" or if Pete had called it "Beach Zombie," but as soon as we saw it, we were like, "Oh my god, it's like a beach zombie! That's a great beer name, and the <laughs> illustrations amazing. Uh, we should talk to this guy." So. Um, yeah, we worked with him our first year. He he had a day job and he was drawing for us at night and on the weekends. And then we just got we got too busy last year. We were growing and doing too many new beers. And um, finally, we brought him in house and he quit his day job. And now he's living out his dream of working as a full time illustrator. And he'd never done that in his life, you know. And we're all guys in our forties and you know, kind of going, you know, doing our, our midlife crisis, uh, career change kind of stuff, you know, so oh, it's yeah. cool, cool being able to, you know, pull him in and, um, you know, bring him along on this ride. And that's, that's a lot of what we want this business to be. It's, you know, it's, it's bringing in all kinds of creative people, you know, both on the beer side and illustration and all this, you know, and, um, so yeah, it's fun. He, he's, He's, he's got an amazing brain, and he's just a great artist and a lot of fun to work with. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was a grab me right away. You know yeah. I mean? And uh, so now the names of some of these beers, does that precede the artwork, or is it the other way around? It can go both ways. Most of the time, there's a there's a name. Um, 
and then the art comes. Um, every now and then, Earl, you know, he also has like a sketchbook of yeah. of stuff, and um, sometimes we'll see a sketch and be like, "Oh, we got to make a beer out of that," and then come up with the name around it. Um, but most of the time, um, there's a name, and then he's like, um, you know, "Oh, here's here's the illustration." So definitely, the naming the naming has something to do with that. Um, you know, a lot of times the illustration has a little something to do with the name of the beer, and sometimes it's just complete nonsense. And <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter, you know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. So, was this the first time? Was this the first year that you guys did uh, Decibel Beer Fest? We did it last year, last too. Year? Yeah, okay. I think this is, what, their third year doing it? I think so, yeah. I'd gone the first year they had it. I just went as a fan. I think we were just just about to open the brewery um and i went for the weekend with a friend of mine and i was like oh my god this would be so cool to do this um like i hope we can pour beer here some year and just then you know thought nothing more of it than that and then um and then the next year we were working on this project with some local guys here called uh six most metal breweries uh they were filming the the pilot for this um tv series that they're out shopping around oh, cool. um, that's like a travel metal beer show um and so we kind of got a last minute invite to come pour beer last year at the fest um and then yeah and then they asked us uh to come out to philly this year and do it and um yeah it's uh, it's 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 probably one of the coolest beer things out there <laughs> you know i mean for me i mean it's like combines the two things i love the most so it's uh it's a again awesome weekend yeah, I had a great time, I and mean, we were there only that one day. Yeah, uh, the day we played. But we, you, you I mean, what's it like being there the whole time? I mean, that's that's like a lot. I think it's a lot. I mean, it was you know essentially it was like three days. I mean, Friday yeah. Friday night there's a full like five band show, and then and then it's all day Saturday and Sunday just like back to back bands and what twenty twenty five of the you know best breweries from around the U S. Um, it was really cool. Actually, in the, you know, in the, in having it two days is really cool because a lot of people were there both days, and you really got to talk to people. And, you know, I think one of the funnest things about Beer Fest is, you know, getting to talk to people that are interested in the beer you're making, you yeah. know, and talk to them about what they like to drink, you know. They always come up and talk to you about your beers, but it's also fun to be like, you know, what's good at the fest? You know, yeah, what, totally. what should I go drink, you know? And then you go and try stuff, and then... Um, yeah, and it's a cool fest too. Just it's like you know everybody's just kind of hanging out, but you know both, you know, um, you know people who are at the festival and the brewers and the bands and you know, um, you know it's just kind of one of those big like hey it's a big, big, uh, big family of people of you know mutual respect for what everybody's doing and uh, yeah it's a cool hang. I uh, can't wait for it next year. Hope they keep it going. I'll cut that right out actually. <laughs> <laughs> the first uh, day, the Friday. Yeah. Okay. That I mean, it's funny that they call that the the, the pre-show or something like that. Oh, because that was a killer show. Yeah, in it was itself. like integrity played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, integrity full of hell. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was. Uh, yeah, I could have. I, I would have been happy with that. That they should just that call it day alone. one. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. No. They should. Uh, they should start making it three days and just pouring beer on that that opening night. And uh, yeah, that was a killer. Oh yeah. I mean, the cool thing is, like, I think I think every year at this fest they've done a really cool job of, you know, it's a it's a combo of, you know, bands that have been around for a long time and and new up and coming bands and you know, um, you know, and a combination of, you know, usually there's a couple bands that are kind of, you know, playing through some, you know, legendary album, mm -hmm, you right. know, and um, just a really cool mix of, 
you know, and I think they also do a good job of just like making the lineup like they kind of hit all the the subgenres. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, like, you know. like, like if you want to get into subgenres, you know, you can probably there's probably 20, 20 of twenty of uh, the, the 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 big genres. You know, so there's something for everybody, which is rad. Yeah. You know? And um, out of the the three days that you were there, was there anything that grabbed you? Like any any performances? I mean, because I have one in particular I have in mind that really. I mean, I was only there for one day, but oh, one God. Per- it was one performance, and it would be for me. It was the obituary set. Uh, that I was I was gonna. That, that's exactly where I was going. I mean, I. I got to see obituary twice in one week. I was yeah, like, I, I saw obituary at Decibel, and then I saw obituary what five days later here in New York City, which is just. Uh, I mean, those guys are. I mean, they're amazing. I've always loved that band, and it's actually really cool that there's bands like that that I think are better than they've ever been. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I mean, absolutely better than they've ever been. Um, you know, and you know, it's. It's cool. It's kind of like, you know, it's rewarding people for sticking sticking at it and, you know, still making kick-ass albums and and going out there and playing better than they ever have. Yeah. No, I think Obituary is great. Um, God, I'm, I'm trying to think of the lineup now. I, I thought uh, Integrity, Full of Hell was amazing. Um, uh, God, I'm trying to think of what. Well, there's, Sunday there's. Uh, tri- I'm interested to hear what your take Trypt- on Trypticon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. I wasn't, I had, I had, I had reservations about like, okay, what's, what's this gonna be? And I think, uh, I, I think, I, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I think there was, there was a lot of mixed, mixed reviews of Trypticon. But really? Yeah, yeah. Which, which I, I was, I was surprised. I was like, how can you hate on that? Huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw them when they came over to the states the first time, and I thought they're they're crushingly awesome. Oh, man. I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah, you know, it was like them in thirteen forty nine. Yeah, uh, touring together it was great. No, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there was there was there was very little that I was not super impressed with. You <laughs> know, so yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a cool weekend. So uh, your interest in metal, yeah, you know, like like most people, metal is the kind of thing where you don't just like casually get into heavy metal music no. you know you either are in or you're not you know i think from an early age yeah so is that the same with you basically oh yeah that was i mean i must have been nine years old it was like third grade i mean it was a classic story of hanging out at a friend's house who had a you know older cousin that just brought over <laughs> a bunch of cassette tapes and i mean uh actually i, I was gonna say embarrassingly but not i mean my my intro to metal was definitely 80s hair metal sure you know it was this guy coming over with motley Crue and rat and quiet riot and wasp and you know and like i remember these tapes sitting on a bedroom floor and you're like what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> you know? and i was like you know and like like hearing you know hearing motley Crue shout at the devil for the first time or too fast for love which is like what the fuck and you know, hearing, hearing wasp. Oh my God. You know? And then, and then I was just going down that path. And I mean, at that time, I, I think, you know, I mean, my parents listened to heavy music. I mean, there was definitely plenty of, you know, you know, you know, there, there's stones and Zeppelin and, yeah. you know, 70s stuff in the house. Like I definitely grew up with music in the house and there was awareness of it and ACDC and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, you know, you know, I, for me, it was definitely it was the music, and it was also just like looking at liner notes. I mean, I still I, I still remember looking at, you know, the photos inside uh, 
shout at the devil and being like, like really being truly confused as whether it was guys or girls I was looking yeah. at, you know, I was nine years old and, you know, growing up in suburban Minnesota, I had no idea, you know, and I was like, well, Nikki six, like, well, yeah, it's even spelled maybe, like a woman's name. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it is a woman. I don't know. You know, so, um, yeah, I love that. And it was just, uh, yeah. And I like that point that uh, immediately, uh, you know, all the Michael Jackson and Huey Lewis and the news and whatever was on the radio was just like, I was oblivious to it and just like went down this rabbit hole, you know? And, yeah. and for the most part, you know, and then it just gets heavier and heavier, you know, you need that gateway band that, um, you know, leads you into it. And, um, yeah, you know, and I think, you know, I mean, at first it was, you know, music. And then, you know, as you started hitting like junior high and stuff, it was definitely like a community thing, you know, yes. the whole culture, you know, it was like meeting all these other like-minded, you know, kids in school that were into the music and, and, um, and then starting to go to shows. And that's when it really like, I think that's when it really solidified for me is like when I actually got old enough to like have a driver's license and start seeing bands live. And like that just... You know that 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 changed my world a hundred percent. You know, yeah. so um, well, Wasp actually, you mentioned. Oh yeah, was like the, the, I always put them in a slightly different category just because they were definitely part of like the '80s hair metal thing, but they had this like tougher, like more like a meaner like vibe. I think I'd almost put them in like I, I'd put them in the same family as Motorhead yeah, and yeah. that way of like there was that attitude and toughness, and they were more they were more kind of biker yep. you know biker bar guys you know i mean you they know. weren't as glam i think as some of the other bands even no no i mean you know black blackie lawless was too ugly to <laughs> be a true glam yeah, hero you know like some gargoyle or something <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly yeah. so and their music too like I, they're they're just like a little heavier and, yeah you know, kind of more like just like they had this misanthropic sort of vibe about them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, they weren't really partying. Like they weren't, you know. No, no, there was no party. I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever partying they were they were doing it was probably pretty dark. Pretty dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you live in Brooklyn, yeah, you can come to the to the brewery and sit down and have have beers. Yeah, right. And we're, we're, you're in the Bushwick neighborhood yep. out here. If uh, you live in Manhattan, you can also enjoy KCBC beer in places like Whole Foods. So do you guys have like some sort of distribution thing going on? Yeah, we just, I mean, we distribute all of our own beer in New York City. So we self-distribute in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. And then um, we have beer distributor that, you know, uh, serene beer distributors that help us deliver beer in like greater New York State and some Jersey and Pennsylvania. So... We've got some pretty good distribution now. I mean, we were, you know, in New York City, we have uh, over 300 different places that you can get our beer. I mean, I think you find a good craft beer bar in New York City right now, and um, it'd be hard to not find us there. So, you know, we're coming up on three years old, and we've definitely, we've been growing pretty fast. You know, we're looking for, you know, additional space to move this brewery into, <laughs> you know, so we can keep growing. So, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you can definitely find our beer, um, you know, in kind of the tri-state region here in New York. And and then every now and then, you know, if you're listening elsewhere in the world, you know, sometimes we throw things elsewhere in the U.S. And, um, you know, our beer pops up in Europe every now and oh, then. Cool. Um, actually, the the behemoth beer, the Wolf of Siberia, we've got a batch of that that's heading over to the U.K. and France uh, and Sweden and Denmark um, in the next couple of weeks here. 
just in time for uh, early summer uh, metal fest like Hellfest and yeah. stuff. So I was just gonna um, say that's a huge season. Yeah, over there. yeah. So we're sending a bunch of beer over there just uh, just in time for all the the early summer fest. So you know, go go check us out. Then you'll see some can, some cans floating around some of the good beer bars in Europe. So and do you uh, also hit like you know? There's a tons of different beer fests and stuff like that. Do you guys yeah. are you know that's something you're you're out and about in that world too, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're doing we're doing two this weekend. You know, there's, oh, wow. there's, there's one in Brooklyn here uh, this weekend at the Well, and then we're uh, also doing one upstate at Industrial Arts Brewing. They're doing a cool um, beer and art festival. Oh, cool. Um, you know, so um, and then we travel around the U.S. doing different festivals and around the world. I mean, we'll be doing some festivals this summer in in the U.K. and in uh, Sweden and in Denmark and uh, uh, possibly Spain. You know, so we definitely um, do a lot of traveling around the world doing that. I mean, real similar to what bands do. You yeah, know, it's like touring. you go, you go <laughs> out and you do the festival and you know make your make your brand aware. You know, make people aware of what you're doing and then. Uh, you know, when they come to the U.S. or see it in their, you know, state or country, uh, you know, then they, then, you know, they'll try your beer. So. And online, if you're a, you know, craft beer enthusiast and you're planning to hit Brooklyn, the, uh, the cool, like Bushwick neighborhood specifically. Yeah. Where can people find you guys online? Um, we have our website, uh, it's kcbcbeer.com. Um, that's our handle on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything uh, at KCBC Beer. Um, yeah, we have a tap room here in Bushwick. It's open seven days a week. You can come here and drink beer um, in the freshest place possible and take cans to go and um, you know come vi- come visit some other breweries in the borough while you're at it. We got a got a lot of awesome craft beer that's uh, happening here in in Brooklyn and New York City at the moment. So you know is really becoming a beer destination so you know you can come here for the weekend and hang out and run around and go to breweries and drink beer you know and you know Troutman Street it's funny I you know I've, I've been around for a while yeah this has really exploded into like a, a spot I mean there's tons of restaurants and yeah you know bars and places to hang out on the weekends and stuff out here now yeah it's crazy i mean you know i didn't live here at the time or i mean i was in new york city at the time but i n- didn't come to this neighborhood much yeah i mean it was a war zone yeah at it was one rough point. Out here. you know yeah. you it, was, it wasn't a place to go after dark for uh too long um and yeah now there's tons of cool restaurants and bars and galleries and music venues and you know i mean we have two different cool music venues within walking distance and um yeah a lot of cool stuff happening and then you know and it's a good mix of new and old you know our block here's you know a mix of you know us making beer and a theater next door to us and uh you know a, a two steel shops on the street and uh and a guy that does does awesome custom marble work you know so like it's a cool mix of just like people making stuff and doing cool things and um that's what I love about this city. I mean, it's kind of why I, I came here and stayed here. And I think my partners, Pete and Zach, both feel the same way. You know, it's um, just, it's creative and people are doing cool things. And uh, that's why it's a great city to, you know, be creative in. There's just so much creative influence around you. It's hard not to do cool stuff. Well, Tony, thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for sitting down. And, it's good uh, talking with you, man. Yeah, man. You know, so everyone... Thanks. Check out KCBC. Yeah, come Bush check out New York. Good talking with you.
Like throughout the day, we're tasting. Like you have to. You yeah. have beer fermenting. You gotta taste it. See if it's carbonated right. See if it's ready. But those are literally you're drinking like a half ounce. Like it's it's very you know it's more on the scientific side. You know. Sure. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> scientific. You know. I don't know what those up my computer here, but luckily I got this thing here. Nice. Let's give it a couple more minutes. Yeah. Just, I need to get, I get a new uh, I get a new laptop. I know. All of a sudden, we we have a beer called. So, we have a beer called Marble of Doom, which was named after the Mac Marble of Doom when oh, it's man. spinning. And, and, I, and I swear, like, God, last two weeks, it's like nonstop. Yeah. And I keep getting it. I'm like, fuck, my laptop's going to die on I, me. I think I'm switching to PCs again. I mean, I'm going back to the PCs yeah. after this. Because, like, the new, the new MacBook Pros don't have any of the ports, you know? Yeah, they eliminated and I'm like, that. For everything I do, it involves, like, either MIDI yeah, or how many, something. Yeah, how many things I got two got things up. connected yeah. right now. Right. Here we go. And then... Uh, you know, it's just like even like you know, plugging in like MIDI interfaces and shit like right. that. You need it. Yeah, I'm surprised they did that on the MacBook Pro because so many people using the MacBook Pro are using it for that kind of stuff. Well, you it, thought it was supposed to be for that. You know? Yeah, you would, you know, but it would make sense on the MacBook Air to eliminate yeah. some of that. Yeah. You know, like save space. But um, yeah. I mean, this computer's old anyway, but. Yeah, they get, they get burnt pretty quick, yeah. as much as you use them these days. I mean, it's, it's, I have like Pro Tools, Adobe Audition, Logic. Yeah, you're, <laughs> like, you're, you're doing some. Yeah, there's a lot of shit on it. Serious processing power on that yeah. kind of stuff. You know, like I think I have like a Final Cut Pro on here. You know, so it's like, you know, I don't need that. Running fine, I mean, everything was cool. 